Hey, yo, ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 what's up? What's popping? A million dollar Ruskies to first place tonight. And the game as of right now is going to be on some COVID scares from the San Francisco 49ers that are going to leave them an already severely depleted team, right? They were coming into this game without Jimmy Garoppolo, without George Kittle. They are now down all of their top three wide receivers. Debo Samuel already ruled out for this game just due to injury concerns. And now you have COVID concerns for a man in Brandon Ayuk, the rookie, and also Kendrick Corn. So they're down their top three wide receivers. They're down their top quarterback. They're down three of their top four running backs. They're down an offensive lineman, probably their top offensive lineman, and their top tight end in George Kittle. This is going to be the backups of the backups, and the Green Bay Packers spread continues to increase right now. It's sitting at a five-point spread. I assume it's going to continue to increase, but we will see what happens. Now, maybe Kyle Shannon is just looking back at what happened last year in the postseason and saying, you know what, I don't have Raheem Mozart out here right now, but I got Jermichael Hasty and I got Jarek McKinnon, and we're just going to run this ball down your throat for the next 40 minutes. Well, maybe that's what's going to happen in this game, but right now we're going to go through, and if you're here right now, this is what we do here. We go through on these showdown states, and we give you every Every single player, a little bit of a deep dive on that individual player, getting you ready for tonight. Now, if you want my projections and rankings, and this is the slate. Oh, I cannot wait for tonight because everybody's going to be running around. If we do the live stream tonight, everybody's going to be running around. Who are these guys? Who's starting at wide receiver? Nobody's going to even know who's starting, let alone what to project these players for. I already got you covered with the projections and rankings. It's linked down below on Patreon. If you are a patron, you already have access. If not, you can check it out. Link down below, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. These are the types of slates that I get very excited about because your edge is going to be even greater when people don't know these backups and when they start to find out about these backups. They don't know their skill set. They don't know which wide receiver position they're going to be playing tonight. They don't know how much usage that they're actually going to be getting. And what do those projections even look like? Well, I'm here to help you a little bit. The rest of it can be found on Patreon and the projections and rankings and all that type of stuff. Lots of information down there. So that's right. We're going to have a lot of wide receivers that are coming up from the practice squad tonight that will likely be seeing this field for the San Francisco 49ers and maybe even starting depending on what happens with Richie James tonight, who's normally a special teams player. And you might not have ever even heard of him. Well, he's profiling out to be the wide receiver too tonight if he actually goes out there and gets the start. But there's also a possibility that he just stays on special teams with three practice squad wide receivers being called up by the 49ers. Please do. Before we get into it, I'll go down through every single player and give you a yes, maybe or no as my early interest based on my projection. Later on on the 6.30 p.m. East Coast time, maybe six tonight, live stream for this slate. We go live. We answer your questions. I talk about my 150 max lineups. We go Q&A based. So be sure to hit the notification bell so you're notified of that. Like button for me. Takes a second of your time. And big old subscriber. You're not going to find better showdown content anywhere in the world. All the other goofs out there making showdown content tonight. You won't find it anywhere else in the world better than this getting you more prepared than the slate because the more information you have, the better your chances of taking down the tournaments and winning the dollar rooskies. The show today is brought to you by Superdraft. And look, I, I saw like 15 more people signed up, 30 more people signed up, 15 more deposited on Superdraft the last time that we had a showdown slate. That's good because Superdraft is giving you an opportunity. $5,500 up top last time. They're matching their highest prize pools for their showdown slates, just like DraftKings is doing with the Millionaire Maker. It's giving you an opportunity to actually return on your investment. The guy who won $25,000 rooskies reaches out to me earlier in the week and says, hope you played this week because I just won another $6,000 rooskies. This man started with $100, just found out about Superdraft and was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this out. Sal's talking about it a lot. Not a lot of people are getting in there. There's really no professionals. And if you have projections like I do with Sal's, you're going to have a lot better advantage to actually take down some of these tournaments. Well, based on the DMs I've gotten in the last week, it seems very clear that he's turned this $100 into over $30,000. And it wasn't like he just binked one big thing. He's binked from getting to $100 to a couple hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars. Then he gets the big bank. Now he continues to grow that thing to over $30,000 starting with 100. Superdraft is a fantastic way to increase your bankroll. Promo code Sal, just my name, very simple. S-A-L will get you free money up to $1,000 Ruskies. They will give you a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. You want to put hundred bucks in, bam, you got 50 back. It might be a slow drip format, but be sure to check that out. Link down below. Again, promo code Sal, S-A-L, lets them know that you come for me. Go over there and win some dollar Ruskies. Start this bad boy up and we'll start it off based on the salary and it's going to start off with Devontae Adams. And <laughs> look at this. I got, I got probably five guys, maybe even six and three pretty strong plays below literally $500 tonight in salary. Yes, 500. I didn't say 5,000. I said $500. I'm looking at a couple of guys that are profiling out for double digit fantasy 
fantasy points below $500 tonight. And there's even a chance that four or five of these guys will be projected for over five fantasy points and pushing double digit fantasy points by the end of the day, depending on what happens with some injury news. So obviously it doesn't even matter at this point about salary all that much. Like it really doesn't. If you could play one or two of those guys down there and actually feel confident, you're getting up to Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams for me is a clear yes today. They're not even going to have Richard Sherman out there, which honestly might not even be that much of a concern for me. Anyways, I think Devontae Adams is the best route runner in the league. Yes, Stefan Gilmore was even toasted by this man in the past. Devontae Adams, I'm fine getting to. He'll see some Mosley. He'll see some Verrett. It won't matter. He's getting a 33% target share from Aaron Rodgers on 11.6 targets per game. That's number one in the NFL right now. He's averaging 27 fantasy points per game. That's also number one in the NFL right now. And if you're talking about DraftKings points with the bonus, 28.24. Devontae Adams is averaging over five and a half more fantasy points per game than his quarterback this year. Absolutely insane. He's top three in the NFL in red zone targets, and that's after missing a couple games and having his bye week so far this season. And he's number four in target separation. A pretty clear and obvious yes for me. He was going to be a yes for me either way at $12,400. It's expensive, but a yes for me either way based on the volume that he's getting both in the red zone and overall target share. It's even easier now when it's just simple to get up to him. The price point isn't even that scary at this point when you have so many guys who are dirt cheap today that we're about to get into a little bit later on in this video. Next up is his quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and the spread's only at five still. I thought this was going to be like a 10 point spread based on all the players that are out. Now look, the Packers open as like one or two point favorites, or maybe even slight underdogs in this game, depending on the book that you were looking at. And Jimmy G going out, that's not going to move the line all that much, especially when Nick Mullins is a career like 8.7 yards per 10 player and not the worst quarterback out there. Honestly, he might be very similar to Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. So I think the total moves a couple of points there. But just from the onslaught, from the wide receivers to the tight ends to the running backs, I guess five points being a five point favorite is a fair number here. I thought you might see a seven, a touchdown favorite. But that being said, looking at a 28 team implied total on some sites right now for the Packers, and they're just slight favorites. It's not like Rodgers is going to take the air out of the ball and run the ball. And he really can't since his top three running backs are profiling to be out. Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon are on the COVID list. And Aaron Jones is right now highly questionable for tonight, leaving Dexter Williams off the practice squad and Tyler Irvin, a gadget end around player to be the starting running back. I don't know how often they're going to want to run the ball with those players, especially since San Francisco 49ers, although banged up, although just losing Quan Alexander as well, still have a pretty decent run defense. So Rodgers is throwing 35 and a half times per game. I'm not shocked to see him throw 30 times per game tonight or even 35. He's number three in deep attempts and he's going to have a positive pass blocking advantage tonight. Rodgers has scored 22 and a half fantasy points in five of his seven games. I don't have him projected there tonight, but on the Patreon projections link below, I have him pretty close. Rodgers for me right now is going to be a yes. Now, Nick Mullins is somebody that does not get enough credit in my opinion, and neither does Kyle Shanahan for being able to put together just a backup quarterback who actually looks, in my opinion, good. Not very good, not very bad, but just good in general. With Brandon Ayuk out, with Kendrick Bourne out, there's not a lot of guys in general going to project for 15 or more fantasy points on this slate, and Nick Mullins is going to be one of them, just barely for me. Look, Green Bay ranks 28th in pressure, so you'll have some time there, but now you have no Trent Williams and some other players on this offensive line dealing with COVID issues and injuries, so that's a little bit concerning, but Nick Mullins has always been solid. In his career, 8.7 yards per attempt, and on average quarterback in the NFL is right around 7 to 7.2 yards per attempt. He's at 8.7 yards per attempt. That's number four so far in the NFL, albeit a somewhat limited sample still. In his career, he's been above eight yards per attempt right now. Nick Mullins for me is not going to be yes. He has dropped in his projection since losing Kendrick Bourne and Brandon Ayuk. Of course, you're going to drop when you go from a star rookie who looks like a star rookie over his last two games and Kendrick Bourne, who's always been the reliable in the slot for the San Francisco 49ers for like three or four years now. You're losing those players to go down to special teams and practice squad players. That's going to affect the overall quarterback's projection, and it has for me. I had a lot more interest in him until now. His projection gets docked a couple of points. Now you get to the running backs. And look, this isn't a seven or 10 point underdog type of a game. They're only five point underdogs. And I think that the best way to attack this game is going through Jarek McKinnon and Jermichael Hasty, guys who have actually had a lot of touches and Jarek McKinnon, now a veteran in this league compared to just going to Richie James, a special teams player and guys like Kevin White, who just have not had any time to play because of injuries cut by the Cardinals this camp. And then some other guys like River Craycraft, just guys that you never even heard of. I think it might be a little bit of a better idea to get Jarek McKinnon involved in the air, who's actually running a lot of routes. Now the game script sets up for McKinnon's favor as being an underdog in this one, because he's been operating primarily as the passing down back and not getting a lot of 
first two downs back, first and second down runs. He's played 52% of the snaps in week eight. He only saw three attempts, but ran 22 routes. There's no Coleman this week. Tevin Coleman's already ruled out. Raheem Mostert's still on IR. There's also no Jeff Wilson this week. He's on IR as well. So I don't expect McKinnon to be a lot of the early down work unless they're going to use him as a wide receiver in the slot, which they were doing earlier this season. But at $8,000, I will have interest in Jarek McKinnon. He's not going to be a standout yes for me, but I think both of these San Francisco 49ers running backs in McKinnon and Hasty, Hasty $800 left, are definitely in play today because they're just going to have to run routes. Hasty ran 14 last week. They're going to have to run routes and they're going to see early down usage. I think they both push for double digit touches and McKinnon might actually see maybe five or six targets. And that's potentially how he gets there. He is expensive though. Alan Lazard, I have in yellow if you're watching on YouTube because he's questionable for tonight. They're expecting him to play though. Doesn't project out that nicely and he's $7,400. Look, he's battling back from a core muscle surgery. He started practicing last week and he looked good. He was sprinting. He was twisting. He was doing a bunch of stuff. They said he looked fully healthy. So maybe he's going to come back tonight and just play normal snaps. Now they need him. They need him out there right now. MVS isn't doing anything. They don't have this possession receiver outside of Adams and the offense is just all going through Adams. And if there's no Aaron Jones, they're going to need him out there. Guys like they signed Seth Roberts. He hasn't taken the field yet, but guys like St. Brown who dropped a couple passes last week. That's not great. Malik Taylor has not been doing anything. Darius Shepard looks absolutely brutal out there whenever he's actually running routes. So they could use Alan Lazard out there. I don't know if he gets his full snaps right away, but he's also 7,400 and doesn't project out that great. He was getting close to playing last week, but they did not activate him. So just keep an eye right now. He's really close to return. They're saying, and I would suspect that he actually takes the field tonight. We'll know a little bit later on tonight. Alan Lazard for me is going to be in play just because he does have two touchdown upside if he runs like 20, 25 routes tonight with Aaron Rodgers, but it's not the greatest of interest that I do have. Now, Jamichael Hasty, look, he played 43% of the snaps. This is when Tevin Coleman also saw a couple snaps in week eight, had 12 attempts and ran 14 routes and one target. So 13 overall opportunities. It's a steep price for a two down back that might not run a lot of routes compared to McKinnon. He's going to have touchdown upside. And I think that Kyle Shannon is trying to scheme against the Packers number one weakness, which is not their secondary. It's more so their tackling dead last in the league right now. The Packers aren't tackling and their run defense that continues to slip down every single week. Just look what Dalvin Cook did to them last week. So Jermichael Hasty is going to be in play for me. I think right now I actually prefer Jermichael Hasty to Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon will have the passing game work, but I think the overall touches will go to Jermichael Hasty. Robert Tonyan is next up. And now if you're playing one to two lineups, I would just skip out on Robert Tonyan, especially if Alan Lazard is going to return tonight. Just another mouth that's going to be taking away from Tonyan, who took a big hit once Adams came back into the roster. But he had his best week in week eight, having a career high and a season high, 68% of the snaps. He caught five passes on seven targets, which is also a season high, those seven targets for 79 yards. The issue for him though, is he has to put up that type of production and now he's almost priced for it. Like 6,400, if you score 10 fantasy points, that's not that great, especially since guys like the $500 price range are going to be scoring around eight to 10 fantasy points tonight as well. So you're not getting any red zone targets since Adams returned. And now if Alan Lazard returns, it's not going to be that great. So if you're playing 150 lineups, he's going to be in play because he is still seeing he's coming off of a seven target game. If you're playing one to five, he's going to be a no, because I don't think the upside is as much there to really leverage the field. I think that his upside is probably somewhere around a touchdown, like 40 yards, a couple catches, 15 fantasy points. That's great, but I don't want to be over leveraged to it. Meaning that if you're playing one lineup, he's in that lineup. If you're playing 150, I'll probably come in below the field. Now, Jordan Reed is also questionable. He's trending towards playing. There's no George Kittle. If Jordan Reed plays, look, he might have his similar role that is basically just running routes and not blocking that he did earlier this year, where he played like a game and a half before getting injured. In his one healthy game where he played the full game, he basically just ran routes. He didn't block at all. He had seven receptions, 50 yards, two touchdowns on eight targets. Now, with nobody else on this team, expect that if Jordan Reed is healthy to run, if he's fully healthy and going to be a go out there to run a ton of routes, especially in the red zone, and see red zone targets if they get to the red zone, Jordan Reed would probably operate honestly as a number one red zone option tonight and maybe even the number one overall pass catcher for this team right up there with McKinnon and maybe even Trent Taylor depending on if he's healthy or not at 5,800 I definitely have interest in Jordan Reed if he's not healthy Ross Dwelly who we'll talk about in a second will be the primary tight end tonight and really like the only tight end on this roster Packers defense is at 5,200 this is not a slate where I want to play defenses this is really not a slate where I want to play click kickers I know the kickers have an upside of like 13 points so they can get you there but when there's guys at $200 literally multiple guys at $200 a couple of guys at $400 tonight that look like strong plays that project out for more than the kickers. I'm just not going to get there, especially since those are positional players. So the Packers defense of 5,200, it 
is the only defense or kicker that I'm actually going to keep in play tonight because I think that there's a chance that with a backup quarterback and a bunch of backup players, you can see some touchdowns for this defense tonight. But that being said, if you're playing one to three to five to maybe even 10 lineups, I probably have no Packers defenses. Me playing 150 lineups, I might get like five lineups with the Packers defense. So I don't want to skew you from me putting them as a maybe to putting them in your lineup. Again, if you're playing just a handful of lineups trying to cater it to that audience as well, I would not be playing the Packers defense. They rank 17th overall, 15th in run defense, but that continues to just fall downwards. 32nd in tackling, that's brutal. 28th in pressure, that's brutal. And now number 11 in coverage, that's their only decent spot at this point. Next up is Ross Dwelly at 4,800. Dwelly's only in play if Jordan Reed is out, but Dwelly did have a touchdown last week and he ran a bunch of routes. He ran 30 routes when Kittle got out last week, a career high. It's going to be a tough spot to want to play him at 4,800 unless Jordan Reed is out because you have so many of these Green Bay running backs and some of the San Fran wide receivers that are just so much cheaper, like $4,000 plus cheaper than him and are probably going to see similar or honestly better roles. So Dwelly is a no unless Jordan Reed is out, then he becomes in play. I honestly don't want to play the kickers tonight. They do grade out well. They both grade out for over eight fantasy points for me, but I'm just not personally going to play the kickers. If you want to play one, that's fine, but they're both going to be pretty quick no's for me because there's so many positional players that are way cheaper. I don't want to pay for a kicker that more times than not gets me eight fantasy points when there's a bunch of guys below that that I have projected for more and have the upside and ceiling for more than those types of fantasy points numbers. 49ers defense at 3,800. Honestly, don't have interest. They're ranked sixth overall, but this is not the same defense. They've lost so many guys out there, right? Uh, I mean, like, I think the only guy out there is like Taylor. That's still a decent player in this defense, maybe mostly, right? They've lost a lot of players overall. So right now they're number seven in run defense. Expect that to go down a little bit. Number one in tackling. That's good to see. Number 19 in pass rush. Expect that to go down a little bit. Number eight in coverage. That should probably stay around the same. Still no Richard Sherman though. At 3,800, they just project out. If we take a peek at my projections on Patreon for right now, not great. Four fantasy points at this price point. It's one of the worst value plays you can find in the slate. And now as I scroll down on the YouTube screen, if you're watching on YouTube, so you can see all these yes, nos, and maybes and interests, we'll scroll down to the rest of the players and you start to see some of those, those guys down below that you never even heard of their names before. Oh, Sal, what's going on down there? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to work out the weeds down there. We're going to, we're going to cut them down. We're going to make them nice, a beautiful garden. We're going to get all those bugs out of there. We're going to make a nice garden. We're going to flower it for you. We're going to water it. We're going to give you that information, that knowledge and smack you with that information. So you're ready to go. Before I smack you with it, please do hit the like button. If you're still here, the subscribe button as we're about halfway through, maybe a little bit more through this video. If you're listening on the podcast version, chance to win 50 bucks, like one or two people do it a week. Maybe leave a way for me to contact you a five-star rating and review on the Apple podcast app or website, whatever it might be. If indeed you're an Apple user, if not stitcher, you can do it over there again, $50 chance to win a giveaway, leave a five-star rating and review. Just something nice about the show. We're like over 515 reviews right now. The goal would be to get to like 700 reviews by the end of the football season. So we could use a little bit of a push. So if you're watching on YouTube, your phone's right next to you, whatever it might be. If you're on your phone, slide over to the Apple store, slide over to Stitcher, type in the Sal Vetri show, just hit the five star button and just say great show at this is my Twitter for you to reach out to me. This is my email, whatever it might be. And then just leave it there and bam, you're in a chance to win 50 bucks. And you probably have like, honestly, like a 25 to 50% chance of winning. You just have to leave away for me to actually contact you. So next up MVS at $3,400. If Alan Lazard returns, look, MVS has not been doing much. He's still getting a lot of air yards and targets, but it's not been doing much this year. Look, he's gonna have the same matchups as Adams. He only has four receptions on 10 targets over these last three games. Now in the last game, he actually should have had a touchdown. He was our that one dude last week. And then the wind started picking up. It got a little bit weary of it, but he should have had a touchdown. He had an overthrown pass where he was held in the end zone, but he was wide open. He was held as a pass interference and the Packers actually get in $3,400. Look, he has just one reception in his last two games, but he did still play 92% of the snaps last week and 22% slot snaps. And he's going to have a fine matchup. I'm going to put MBS as a maybe. Again, if you're playing a few lineups, I probably avoid him. But the reason that he's a maybe is he's still playing 92% of the snaps. He's still seeing like four, three, four targets a week. And a lot of those are downfield. If he brings in one of them and he ends up his day with two catches, 70 yards and a touchdown on a showdown slate, those 16 fantasy points at $3,400 are probably getting it done for you. He's a deep shot. He's a target downfield. That's all you're hoping for is one big play. So he has to at least be in play in my exposures. I want to eliminate him. But a lot of these next guys are going to be getting eliminated. I mean, you have Jay Sternberger. If Alan Lazard does miss, Sternberger looks a little bit better from a projection standpoint. They'll use him a little bit more. He's basically just running routes when he's on the field, which is good and not blocking. He had a season high 13 routes last week, three catches on four targets, which is also a season high for 46 yards. Expect Jace to be in on obvious passing down situations, 
But now with Alan Lazard back, the Packers can go more comfortably to three wide receiver sets if Lazard does play and not have to rely on two tight end sets with Tony on and Jay Sternberger. So at $1,800, I think Sternberger is like priced for his likely two to three target role tonight. If he finds the end zone, obviously that's fantastic for you. But for right now, I'm not going to have all that much interest in Sternberger. And now with Alan Lazard likely back again, if he does miss tonight, these guys get a little bit of a bump, but not all that much. $1,200 St. Brown had three targets last week, had one in the end zone that was kind of broken up, probably could have caught it like a guy like Devonta Adams or MBS probably catches that. And then he had a drop over the middle of the field, which was just devastating. He brought in one of his three targets. Looked like he got banged up on his reception for 12 yards. He had a brutal drop. 39% of his snaps came out of the slot. Wide receiver twos are barely using this Packers offense, let alone wide receiver threes. So like if Alan Lazard comes back, MVS takes a hit down. And then these wide receiver four options and St. Brown and Malik Taylor and Derry Shepard, honestly, some of them probably aren't even active and they probably don't take the field, the other ones. So St. Brown, it seems like did operate last week as this wide receiver three. He ran a couple more routes than Shepard and a good amount more than Malik Taylor. But if Alan Lazard returns, he's going to run like zero to like four routes tonight. So no interest in St. Brown. We're already does not look like he has all that much trust from Aaron Rodgers and was not playing well last week. Kyle Juszczyk at $1,000 Ruskies doesn't project out that great. I expect him to get a little bit more usage. He's averaging 1.8 targets per game and 0.9 rushing attempts per game. You expect that to go up. He has three red zone touches on the season. He's averaging right now pretty decent, 18.7 yards per game for a fullback. He's obviously involved in this offense. He has three games this year of 20 or more yards and two touchdowns this season. He's clearly touchdown or bust at $1,000. If you're playing 150 lineups, he'll probably get into a couple of your exposures because he projects out for like four fantasy points at $1,000. I probably will not be playing much of him, if any, tonight at just a thousand, because there's a lot of better guys below him. Malik Taylor and Darius Shepard kind of hinted at it, but even if Alan Lazard doesn't return, these guys, Malik Taylor ran like, I don't know, what do you run last week? He played 5% of the snaps and ran three routes. That's all I have to tell you. He had one catch for 26 yards on three routes run at $800. There's way better options. No interest there. Darius Shepard actually ran a little bit more routes. He, he operated as like this wide receiver three and four with last week, St. Brown. He ran 14 routes on 30% of the snaps, but he saw just one target. His last four games, he's operated as the wide receiver three. Again, this has not been a good wide receiver dating back to last year when he was very raw rookie prospect. He has just five targets in his last four games. And that's actually running like double digit routes each and every week. I have no interest, especially if Alan Lazard returns. I don't even know if these guys will be active. And okay, we made it to the part of the show where oh, we've got these lovely plays down here. There's probably honestly like four or five, maybe even six, depending on if Richie James is going to be active or not. So Trent Taylor at $400. This man is going to be the wide receiver one this week. This man, I just sent up a tweet on Twitter. He is going to be the most used wide receiver this year. And you want to know what his usage is this season? Nine receptions this season. He has nine receptions and he is by far the number one wide receiver in terms of usage that will be activated tonight for the San Francisco 49ers. Last week, he ran 33 routes. So that's good to see. And he saw three catches for 32 yards on four targets on 54% of the snaps. Expect even more usage tonight now as Kendrick Bourne is out and Brandon Ayuk are also out and also George Kittle is now out. But all he did last week was see 20 air yards. So he was not targeted downfield at all. Again, he had four targets and just saw 20 air yards. So everything he's catching, his yardage is basically coming after the catch. It's five yard little passes and hopefully he can get some yardage after the catch. He did not have great volume last week overall, but he had fantastic routes run with 33. And now expect to see even more volume out there as he is likely the most skilled or at least the most polished wide receiver on this team at $400. Trent Taylor is going to be a yes for me. He grades out of this peak behind the curtain right now for over, we'll just say eight fantasy points. If you want to see the exact number, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. And then you get to see the rest of these guys down here in this range and which ones I like the most based on my projections. Next up, a couple of $200 players. So this is why that you could easily play guys like Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams this week and not even worry about it because there's like multiple guys out of that down here that legit project out better than the guys in like the five and $6,000 range for me. And pretty close to the guys in the $7,000 range, which is just absolutely insane. So Tyler Irvin, there's no Williams. There's no Dylan tonight because of COVID. Jones is unlikely to play. Keep an eye on Aaron Jones. He's not ruled out yet. He is questionable. So if he does get activated, well, then it just ruins Tyler Irvin. It ruins Dexter Williams and it makes Aaron Jones look like a fine play if he's going to be fully healthy. My suspicion is that they don't activate him because they've been very cautious. It's a short week and they're playing a team that's playing a bunch of backups. That doesn't mean you overlook them, but it does mean that you still have Devonta Adams, Rodgers, and even Alan Lazard coming back. I think you should be okay at least. And your defense should be okay holding down this team. But we'll see what happens. Irvin so far has been a gadget 
gadget guy and end around player this entire season. He will thrive on the receptions, but I expect Dexter Williams, second round player, who's really never had that much usage in real NFL games outside of the preseason last year. I expect Williams to see a lot of the carry usage, but that doesn't mean that Williams is just going to see like 15 carries on the ground, right? Like you might just see Tyler Irvin so far this season, who's basically been just used as a gadget guy. His rushing attempts, if you try and go look at the game logs and say, oh, he has a couple of rushing attempts here and there. Those are literally end arounds. So, so far this year, Tyler Irving, if you want to look at his usage, he had three carries week one against Minnesota, all end arounds. He had one carry against New Orleans and end around runs. So he has four carries that are end arounds this year. And then in terms of targets so far in the season, Tyler Irving has six targets on the year. So 10 overall touches this year, six targets for end arounds. It's basically just been a gadget guy. So I don't expect Tyler Irving to go back there and like run 12 times through the tackles for like 50 something yards. He's not that type of build. He's not that type of back. He's like, even I would say slicker and more of a wide receiver type of a build than like a Tariq Cohen, but you could see it. But the big upside here for Tyler Irving would be, okay, maybe you get like three, four carries on the ground, a couple of them end rounds, and then you get like six or seven targets out of the backfield. If the Packers just say, okay, we don't trust any of you guys to pass protect between Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin for Rodgers. We're just going to use an extension of the passing game as the running game and short passes to Tyler Irvin would be that. So Tyler Irvin would be a yes for me. Mercedes Lewis at $200, no interest, right? He'll catch like, he'll see one or two targets. Maybe he's touchdown or bust. And even then, I don't even know if he'll get more points than these guys down here, even if he scores a touchdown for like seven fantasy points. Dexter Williams is the next one up. Again, if Aaron Jones is out, if not, no interest in Dexter Williams. If he is out, expect Dexter Williams to be heavily involved in the ground. Last week, he was actually signed to the active roster, but Dylan and Williams were playing. So he actually didn't get any time. He was just signed because Aaron Jones was out. Dexter Williams is a former six round pick for the Packers. He comes out of, he's 24 years old right now and he comes out of Notre Dame and he has just terrible speed score. He has terrible bench press numbers. He had a lot of just terrible combine numbers. He did not know the playbook last year in the preseason. So he got a lot of usage in the preseason, which shows you that they're not going to use him in the regular season because they don't care about him that much in terms of giving him a lot of running meaningless games. He did not know the playbook. He was not showing up to practice properly on time and he basically just got benched and then he never got played. Like he was on the practice squad. Well, now maybe he'll actually get some usage. In 2020, he has not gotten any overall usage in terms of snaps. In 2019, he did. He saw five total carries in 2019. Week 17, he had 5% of the snaps. Week seven and some injuries, he saw 11% of the snaps against Oakland. That was a blowout game. So he's had five career carries in the NFL for 11 yards. Not a lot of usage. He has combined for fantasy points in the NFL for 1.2 fantasy points. So this is your issue. He's not a good player that might actually get like eight to 12 overall touches tonight, but he's just $200. So it's hard not to like him. He'll be a yes for me. He projects out nicely. And again, if they're up in this game by a touchdown late in the fourth quarter, I think they run out the clock with Dexter Williams over a man in Tyler Irving. They also don't have any fullbacks on the roster right now, at least. So keep a close eye on that if they activate anybody there, because then he might get some wacky stuff going on in their backfield. But both of the running backs for the Packers at $200 definitely in play. All right, now we get down to just some, a bunch of just wild, dusty players at this point. But these guys are being elevated. They have already the next two of these three players and another one that's not on the slate actually right now. So there's a third wide receiver for the 49ers that's not in the DraftKings player pool, but he's going to probably be a backup to Trent Taylor anyway, so you don't have to worry about it. But this man at $200, River Craycraft, is probably going to get some run tonight if Richie James is out. Now, I think he'll step on the field either way, but if Richie James is out, he gets more run. If Richie James is in, you probably don't want to play him, but he's signed to the active roster in week eight, played no snaps, just 14 snaps on special teams, no offensive snaps. He played nine career games with the Denver Broncos, caught one pass for 44 yards in those games. He's mainly been a return man in his career. He went to Washington State and had 218 receptions for 2,700 yards and 20 touchdowns. So River Craycraft, and it sounds like a TV show or like a rock band, I don't even know. He'll be in play for me, but only if Richie James is probably out is the only way I get to him much. He projects out for like only like two fantasy points right now. Richie James, who's been a special teams player. He's been a guy last year who actually had some decent usage on offense. He's ran just four total routes this season, no targets, right? He hasn't been used at all. I suspect that they'll put him as a starting wide receiver on offense tonight because they need him. And they'll probably put Craycraft on special teams or one of the other players that they brought up on special teams. In 2019, he actually had some usage when he had to fill in six catches, 165 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. Not the greatest of usage, but he saw three deep targets, a red zone target. He's been their main special teams guy now for a couple of years. I think that Richie James is definitely in play. I think that'll profile out as the wide receiver two tonight if he's healthy, but he's dealing with like a hamstring injury or something or an ankle or both of those types of injuries. So even 
he might miss tonight. So keep a close eye on that. And then last but not least, the former seventh overall pick from the Chicago Bears, Kevin White, a man that was supposed to be dominating, a man that looked absolutely fantastic when it came to just overall college production. And then he got hurt each and every year that it seemed like he tried to play. The Cardinals picked him up this summer. He got cut by the Cardinals. But honestly, that doesn't really help us too much because the Cardinals have a ton of wide receiver depth. So honestly, he was probably just brought in to see if he's got anything left. And if they were like, ah, we still have Andy Isabella. We still have uh, Keyshawn Johnson, all these guys in this team. We don't need him at this point. So that's pretty clear to cut him at that point. You have such great wide receiver depth. Why take the risk on putting him on your practice squad or active roster if you don't need to? But Kevin White so far this year, he's basically played special teams in two games. He only has two offensive snaps, no targets in 2020. Again, the former top 10 overall pick from the Bears, he had elite speed and catch radius coming out of college. Like elite, like some of the best that we've seen. The issue now is that he's just removed from ACLs and a bunch of other injuries. So it does hurt him. He's 6'3", around 220 pounds in the NFL in 26 career games. He has 25 catches, 285 yards, and no touchdowns. I do expect Kevin White to run a lot of routes tonight. Like I expect Kevin White in three wide receiver sets for it to be Kevin White and Richie James on the outside with Trent Taylor in the slot. I suspect that they don't try and go a lot of three wide receiver sets, especially if Jordan Reed is active. But Kevin White for me is definitely in play. Kevin White might see Jair Alexander tonight. Kevin White's a bigger wide receiver, so it might actually be Kevin King if he's active for the Packers, cornerback who missed last week. Kevin King usually and sometimes will go on some of those bigger type of wide receivers just from a size disadvantage for Jair. So Kevin White, keep a close eye on this. They're going to be, they've already been signed up from the practice squad to the active roster. Now it's all about who is going to be active for tonight's game. If Richie James is out, Kevin White's actually going to be the wide receiver two on this team. And look, Trent Taylor as the wide receiver one with just nine receptions this year, that doesn't make him the wide receiver one, just makes him the wide receiver one by usage. There's a decent chance tonight that Kevin White goes out there, runs 25 routes, and he's actually the wide receiver one with like five or six targets. This is just the sketchy part. You know the role if Aaron Jones is out that Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams are going to have. They're probably both see somewhere around like eight to 12 opportunities. That's good for $200. You don't know the role that Kevin White will have, which likely leads him to be very low owned, but that role can very much be five or six targets. I don't know if it will be. It could be zero or one target, but if Richie James is out, I'll be more inclined to go to Kevin White. Kevin White so far right now for me is the second highest projected wide receiver for the 49ers. You can access those projections down below. So thank you so much for tuning into what is a wacky showdown slate tonight. I will be live around 6 or 6.30 p.m. East Coast time. We're going to be breaking it down for an hour. Actually, to clarify that, probably 5.30 or 6 p.m. I'll post it on Twitter. I have some plans tonight, but be sure to hit the like and subscribe. The notification bell will let you know when I go live. If you have any questions, ask them there. If you want access to the projections, rankings, and a bunch of other stuff, and also ways to just ask me questions. I don't check YouTube comments as much anymore with a lot of stuff growing for my one, mental health, but number two, too. Also, I just don't want to be spending time there. It takes a lot of time. I try and check them right when I post the video. But then after that, I don't go back to it because I'll just be wasting like an hour of my day in the YouTube comments. And that time is money at these days. That does not usually make the best of my time. So if you want to ask me questions, you can try and reach out on Twitter. If I see it, sometimes I don't, depending on what my settings are on Twitter. But if you sign up for Patreon, you send me a message or in the Discord, I'd be sure to get back to you. So thank you so much for tuning in. Like and subscribe before you go. Check out Superdraft promo code Sal. If you're not playing on Superdraft right now, you're literally, if you're putting money into large field GPPs on DraftKings, you're doing it for entertainment because you're probably going to light that money on fire. If you're doing it on Superdraft, like Kevin, who's literally won over $30,000 in a couple weeks when he put $100 in, you're probably going to have a decent shot to actually win these prize pools. So thank you so much for tuning in. Promo code SAL will get you those benefits on Superdraft. Peace out, gang, and I'll see you in the next one.